0: Hello, listeners, and thanks for tuning in to part two of my conversation with Mary Grace from the Academic Success Center. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, uh, you might consider doing so. It covers what is the Academic Success Center, time management, smart studying, and a little bit of Mary Grace's story about how she came here to Purdue. So in part two, we're going to focus specifically on uh, some other academic success related topics, the first being procrastination and motivation. First question. So you, you put these two together. Why why cu- why couple these two?
1: I just think they go hand in hand. Really, you're procrastinating because we don't want to do it. We're not motivated. And I we all get there. I have some dishes in my sink today. That <laughs> you
0: didn't feel like doing? No,
1: that I just wasn't motivated to do last night. So like night.
0: two Two sides to the same coin.
1: Yes, exactly. When you feel like you've really harnessed your motivation, you're less likely to procrastinate. You're more likely to have rewards. Um, And when you're not harnessing that motivation, you're going to fall on the procrastination side of the coin.
0: So how do we help students procrastinate less and be more motivated? When a student comes into your office and you can kind of pinpoint that this is a struggle of theirs, what kind of advice are you going to use to get them started?
1: I think the first point is pinpointing though, really. It's kind of figuring out what are you using to procrastinate? What are you avoiding in that piece of homework? And then from there, we can kind of figure it out. So is that you really love YouTube? That's kind of the new thing I hear a lot from students is what happens is the next video starts to play automatically.
0: I'm pretty bad about that one for sure. Oh, I, yeah. pro- I probably lose an hour of sleep a couple of times a night because one Liverpool clip be- begets another Liverpool clip and Why wouldn't you? And the the next one's only
1: 10 minutes. Exactly.
0: that's a tough one. So what are you using is one question. And then the other is what is it that you're putting off? Mm
1: -hmm. Or or what are you afraid of? or What are you afraid of? Uncomfortable with with what you're supposed to be doing. Um, And that comes in a lot of different forms. And I think that's the first place to start. And then what are you using? How do we harness that as a better tool? So a lot of times, and this is hard because we all feel this way, students will say, well, I just feel like I'm not good at the content. And so I don't want to start if I'm going to get it wrong. You know, there's kind of a perfectionist atmosphere sometimes with Purdue students. And how do we break down that barrier is a good point. So like, why do you feel like you need to be perfect on this paper? You've got It's a rough draft, you know? Um, How do we kind of work on that confidence piece so that can work to the motivation? Or sometimes I hear, I don't know which one to do, or there's a bunch of pieces, um, so it's breaking it down into easier bites. So I, I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich analogy: is you can technically eat the whole sandwich, but you're going to be like a dog with peanut butter on the roof of their mouth, you have to choke it down, or you can eat it bite by bite, and it's a little oh, bit more. Oh, I gotcha.
0: Yeah. So you have to figure out what is the first bite.
1: Yes. Um. And so. That's kind of the figuring out what are you afraid of piece. Um, And sometimes it's that you don't know how to use Blackboard right? So I'm just not even going to log in. Or maybe my class doesn't use Blackboard. Um, And so I don't even know how to start this. Um, I know that sometimes like foreign language programs will have unique systems. and I still remember my senior year of college crying, taking a Spanish quiz online because it just would not accept what I was putting in. Um, And so the next time I took a quiz, I didn't want to do it. Um, So that is kind of figuring out the what, what don't you want to do piece.
0: Yeah, what makes you uncomfortable? What are some of the most common themes you see when students, when you say what about this uh, makes you uncomfortable?
1: I don't know how to start. I don't know how to do it. Um, And that's usually selling yourself short because you've gone to class and you've done the homework problems. So you may not be able to do it for memorization, but you can do it. Um, So building that confidence. I don't know how to start. I don't know how to do it. Um, I don't know what I'm supposed to do are kind of the three. so cl-
0: clarity of expectations yeah yeah and these uh the the two come back to so i'm going to I'm, I'm jotting down notes i think the starting is a great one because i i kind of think through myself as someone managing time and becoming you know more efficient and i think one of the things that stuck with me big time is if there's a project that you're working on and you don't want to start it you likely haven't figured out what your first step is. Mm -hmm. So the first step is figuring out the first step and starting this podcast. It was a big project. I had no idea. I mean, how to, you know, how to get it online, how to record it, how to edit it. And so it took me, I tried to not wait long, but it took me a couple of weeks of saying, oh man, that's a good idea. But I, and so it took me figuring out, all right, well, step one is to figure out what equipment I need. And then I had a And then once I got that first step going, it was much easier. But getting that first step and the other two, knowing how to do it and the clarity of uh, the expectations, I think that comes back to procrastination because both of those things are things that good instructors should be willing to help you work through and likely are. um, Hopefully, I would say a high percentage of our instructors are, are willing to help you figure out how to do something or what they're expecting of you but one is being nervous of asking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so then it's figuring out, well, if I'm nervous about asking, what's the first step of asking, you know, and maybe it's having one of your friends proofread an email you're going to send to the instructor. Maybe it's going into office hours. Most of my, instru- mo- most of my students that I, that I do push hard enough that they go to office hours have great experiences, but a lot of times I like to equip them with what that interaction is going to look like. And so I'll, I'll I will script questions for them. I'll say these are the types of things you could ask to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't be afraid to reach out to your instructors and don't be afraid to chat with someone like your academic advisor, Mary Grace, to say, "Hey, I'm just really freaked out." To email this instructor, you know, could you proofread it? Could you give me a recommendation on what this looks like? And the other thing being, don't wait too long, right? Because if you ask the instructor how to do it the night before. Yeah. That's not as good as if you do it, you know, a week before, and you've actually got time.
1: Mm-hmm. I hear all the time, well, they look busy during office hours, and then I usually say, well, nobody's in there. They're not just going to sit there right. and twiddle their thumbs either. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, if, if they were forced to sit there and twiddle their thumbs, we would not be able to recruit the people we recruit. They'd exactly. be bored. Nice. So, other other things when it comes to procrastination motivation.
1: There's a lot of different ways to combat it. Um, some of my favorites, like you mentioned earlier, is just getting started on something. Um, and there's two kind of camps there. It's starting with the easiest thing called the snowball effect. So you start little, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you finish the project. Or the other one is starting with the hardest thing, and that's actually called eating the frog. It's a Mark Twain reference. Um, so you you got to swallow it and get that piece done. But then those emails seem really easy after I've done the big thing that morning. Um, so kind of balancing what person you are in that equation.
0: Or it might change based on the, the particular assignment, too.
1: Exactly. If you're, if you're really strong in one class, you might start with the hard thing. But if it's a class where you're a little bit more apprehensive, you might start with that easy piece.
0: Yeah, that's great. When I, I wanted to be in a band, that was my actually after I finished grad school, that was my goal was to, you know, just give it my all and be in a band. But I didn't know how to play an instrument and my rhythm was really bad. So I started with the drums. So I I ate the frog in terms of that. (laughs) And I'm probably actually better at drums than I am. I moved on to bass and guitar a little bit before I uh, started working full time and ran out of time to pursue music. But I ate the frog for that one. So other other strategies? So that's one, getting started.
1: Yep. Um, Another one is rewards. So really having something you're working towards. So a lot of times when people are trying to get healthier, if I, you know, work out seven days in a row, I can get a new yoga mat. You can do the same thing with studying. If I study successfully for, you know, these two hours, when I go to the dining court, I get to have two cookies. That's totally fine. Having something that you can work towards because sometimes it's really hard to envision finals if it's week two. Mm-hmm. Um, so just having that little piece right then and there is a good one. But another one is... Sometimes you can procrastinate with productive things. Mm. So if you really don't want to start that one assignment, maybe start another piece of homework um, and do a little bit of healthy procrastination or give yourself a timeline. You know, we know that this episode of The Office is 25 minutes and 20 seconds. Great, I get. I have to stop it, but I get this one, and having that goal before you start it is really helpful.
0: And don't watch the next one. Yes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to do laundry when I didn't want to study,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: again, eventually I ran out of laundry, and I said, when I run out of laundry, I need to, you know, put my head down and get it done.
1: Yeah, I always say with Netflix, if it asks if you're still there. The answer is no. I'm
0: not. I need to be. I <laughs> yep. need to be studying.
1: It has its own procrastination filter built in. Yeah,
0: and I can see the overlap between time management and procrastination. Um, other advice you commonly give students?
1: I think it's just giving yourself a little bit of leniency. Um, sometimes we're just so stringent, and procrastination will build this guilt cycle inside, um, and that's just not really fair either. Because if you feel guilty you're not going to want to start the next thing. Um, Also, I remind people it takes about 21 days to break it or build a habit. So if you can do it for three weeks, you can do it for the next test.
0: Nice. I've been going with Corec for exactly three weeks.
1: Look at you. I'm getting there. You've got your habit now. (laughs) Um, And so thinking about it in, again, that smaller term, not thinking about it in the big paper that's due at the end of the semester, and then what's due this month can kind of be a nice way to break that motivation struggle.
0: And uh, it's just, it's fun to see how all these things do tie together because um, I've also got an episode uh, on mindfulness. I'm thinking of the guilt cycle Mm -hmm. and part of mindfulness is accepting where you are. And so if you did procrastinate, but you're living in the current moment, then you should be thinking about the current moment, not the fact that you didn't. So all these things can, they're kind of all tools that run together. Yeah. So I think we've hinted a little bit because um, you're great at this and you had the next topic prepped and you've been transitioning to it so naturally. Whenever you take over the podcast, you're better <laughs> than I am. Because um, you've talked about finals prep. Mm-hmm. So, um, And it's it's nice because when I came in and my mindset for finals prep was, oh, how do we help students uh, cram the week before? And what you've already been hinting at is step one is to not cram yeah. the week before. <laughs> so I think we'll release about Thanksgiving. Um, so students will have already heard about these other topics, but let's talk about, you know, acing finals are a big deal.
1: Yeah. How,
0: do you, how do you deal with that?
1: I think it's first understanding what makes finals hard. So there's the known that it's all of my content in one time period or the most important test or paper of my semester. But also, Indiana's cold in November and December, and you might not want to go to every class. I, I get that. Um, you might go home for Thanksgiving, and you come back feeling like you're full of mashed potatoes. That's totally normal, too. Um, but it's almost like those environmental And the class factors overlapping with each other pretty heavily. Um, And that's where I see finals prep struggling the most with that procrastination piece. Um, But I like to say finals prep is kind of like the uber structured military version of everything we've talked about before this. You're really putting to work all the skills in a short period of time. And on our website, we actually have some handouts about a five-day study plan where it kind of forces you to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. So I'm going to test it. tomorrow. So I'm going to review it and pick up the next thing. And so you plan five days out from a test because really you could start studying for finals in week four, but it's not. It's
0: just too, too far away yeah. to, to realistically do. Yeah. You
1: don't have the motivation. I wouldn't either. I just don't want to do it 17 weeks out or however that may be. So using that five day plan is good. There's also an eight day plan too. If you have a little bit more time, if you're using that Thanksgiving break time and putting it to work. Um, there's that as well. Um, and then we have some fun things like how to review your study space. Um, hmm. So I mentioned before my previous institution was the University of Mississippi. Um, and it's very common there for people to over-decorate their residence hall rooms. We're talking faux fur rugs. And- I, think,
0: I think I might have seen a, a yes. YouTube video about that. There yeah.
1: is a very famous YouTube video about that. Um but you can't study on a faux fur rug, you know, you don't want to study where you're thinking about going to bed or the next episode of something you're going to watch or where you're usually scrolling on your phone. So evaluate, is it too noisy? Is it too comfortable? Um, finals prep is where you really get to put that to use. I also see a lot of group studying as we get closer to finals prep. Um, group studying is great. It has its place. But I think you have to decide when is it the most useful for you. Are you really good at group studying? Do you need to know it before you go there? Do you need to follow up alone afterwards? Um, Finding out where it fits in your study cycle, because sometimes when you're group studying, you can convince yourself you know things that your friends know.
0: It sounds like it could be a crutch for sure.
1: Yes. You know, if you didn't get it right and someone says it, you're like, oh, I knew that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When you're not forced to actually try it out for sure. I like this idea of reviewing your study space too, because um, I've been working on my office lately over the summer, getting everything, you know, I kind of moved in and left everything where I thought it should go. And it's been a long time since I've been strategic about it. It's been only a couple of weeks where I've put things in new places and I've, and I've found myself just walking into work and getting started. One of my habits has been, I've got a standing desk. And before I leave every night, I put it up mm-hmm. so that the second I get in, I'm standing, I'm ready to go. Versus, well, sit down, you know, that one extra step. So thinking about those things, um, and I, I love having a distinct study space where when you get to that space, it's almost like your brain knows this is. For me, it was the stacks in Hissy Library. Mm-hmm. I used to not tell people because I didn't want them to blow up my spot, but now I don't study there anymore so you can feel free but it feels so academic. There's all these journals around. It's, you can smell the journals. Um, there's not anything to distract you. There's no computers, there's no music, there's no TV. And I remember being in there. Uh, heating and cooling's not great so it also made me feel gritty. Like it's kind of hot in here but I'm going to keep I'm going to keep studying. Um, maybe that's not everybody's study space but That's great.
1: Yeah. uh, I would say along those lines, I have a friend who only ate Oreos during finals week. And so it kind of like got her almost like Pavlov's dog, if anybody remembers that from middle school science. Like, okay, I've got my Oreos. I feel this like sense of pressure to start studying. She like couldn't eat them the rest of the year.
0: conditioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had certain music I listened to before finals and Mm -hmm. I still, um, for any music folks out there, Radiohead... Um, Kid A was the album, and as soon as I hear it, I think finals. Yeah, uh, It's very intense. Um, you know, I know I I'd, I'd gear myself up like I was, uh, you know, going into play a football game or something. Nice, and I love this idea of five day study plans. I'm guessing most students, on average, probably start at two days before mm-hmm. the
1: one. I would say two to three, actually. So Um, just
0: extending that by a couple of extra days probably reduces your stress and increases the amount you can study.
1: Yeah. And it also it breaks it down into smaller chunks, too. If you don't need to increase the amount, Um, it's because there's only so much we can take in in one sitting and feel comfortable with the information. So breaking that down a little bit smaller just makes it more manageable.
0: And is sleeping part of that five-day study yeah, plan? Yes. So because it sounds like we're trying to fight the classic all-nighter.
1: <laughs> we are. So um, in my social work background, I looked a lot at food insecurity and sleep hygiene. And what are the first two things we give up when we're studying?
0: Oh, what we eat and when we sleep for sure.
1: Yes. And I'm guilty of it too. But a Papa John's pizza, a large one is not a meal for two days. There's not enough nutritional value there. Um, But that's what we do. And then we give up on sleep. But there's some data that says if you sleep less than the recommended hours, your body functions like you're intoxicated. Nobody wants to take a test intoxicated.
0: Absolutely not. I would not recommend it. And so making sure that you maintain healthy sleep habits. All the way into finals, because mm-hmm. I think I think students vary, but I think there's a lot of consistency on I'm going to pull I'm going to pull an all nighter because it's going to make me feel like I'm more ready. Uh, but you probably will be less prepared than if you had just stopped studying and gotten the right amount of sleep.
1: And also um, that information is going to leave your mind after the test. And if you're going to take the second half of that course the next semester, well, you want to keep it. Or some of it, but if you've pulled an all nighter, you're going to get it on that test and you're going to go back and sleep and it's going to disappear. Um, where having a, that buffer of sleep is going to help you keep it for future classes.
0: Yeah, that's great. Anything else when it comes to finals prep? I love this advice. Uh, starting early, looking at your space, looking at it as preparing for a marathon, not a, not a sprint or not trying to run a marathon with two days under your belt. Anything else you want students to know?
1: I think the last thing I try to remind people is so in time management, we talked last time about knowing when you're free finals prep is when you can really Parcel it out hour by hour and be the most productive because it's maintainable for five days, right? Intense kind of planning. It's not maintainable for the whole semester, but if you know you've got three tests or three papers due in one week, you might have to say, This is the morning for class A, this is the afternoon for class B, and I've got to be really rigid there. And you might put in snack times and break times and all that good stuff, and that's okay, but this is the time where you can. Put a little bit of those skills to the side to hammer out what you have going on.
0: You might be able to cut out Netflix completely (laughs) during those days, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as um, uh, parenting is a little bit that way. And when you've got a new baby, the sleep, it can be tough to come by. Uh, But you can think this is for a finite amount of time, you know, and you can do it for a finite amount of time. If you had to do it forever, it'd be intimidating. But yeah, so studying intensely for five or eight days Um, you're kind of buckling down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, thanks. I think this is great information on procrastination and motivation, two sides of the same coin, how to kind of make sure that we're getting stuff done. And then once it comes to the end of the semester on finals prep, um, and again, the Academic Success Center offers a lot of great services. I'm sure you've got a great website. So if students just type in Purdue Academic Success Center, they'll find... Uh sounds like some resources they can use on their own. Mm-hmm. And if they're working through these and they want to meet with one of uh, one of your experts, um, how do they get connected with one of your experts? Do they call to schedule? Do they do it online?
1: We use Boiler connect awesome. just like you would to meet with Josh or any other advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is instead of selecting academic advisor, you'll select um coaching in the drop down and then you'll see academic success center um, and you'll be randomly paired. So You just give us your availability and we'll find who's able to meet you then, which is kind of handy too. You're not searching for the one green spot in Boiler Connect, but Mm -hmm. if you're struggling with that, just email us. We have a guide or call us, Um, but our website is purdue.edu backslash ASC. I think we're pretty easy to find.
0: Awesome. And get started early, um, even if you're a strong student, uh, getting some of these habits in place because I think it'll really lead to some success. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for sitting down with me, Mary Grace. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks.